Hey y'all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host. Today we got a special guest, Mr. Eric Mueller from the Smoke King Barbecue Tips and Recipes YouTube channel. I'll be right back with Eric. Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chilling from fire and water. All right, all. Welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren. I'm your host. And today I got a special guest from the Smoking Barbecue Tips and Recipes YouTube channel, Mr. Eric Mueller. Welcome, Eric. Why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you, Darren. I feel like we're uh, old friends, even though we've never met in person. Uh, We've talked quite a few times, both... uh, um, over the social media, Facebook and YouTube and commenting back and forth and running ideas by. So uh, I'm happy to see your channel taking off. I'm happy to see you do these podcasts. I think it's a great way to reach new people. But anyway, my name's Eric Mueller and uh, I live in Southern California. Um, and I'm not a professional cook or chef by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I enjoy cooking, specifically stuff like uh, Darren does, uh, mixing the sous vide with the barbecue. And I have a YouTube channel that's, uh, I think I'm just uh, almost at 6,000 subscribers, and it's getting uh, more and more views as time goes on. And uh, try to get out one video a week and, uh, you know, just trying to spread the fun of uh, cooking and, you know, uh, family and enjoying good times together, you know, so... I'm not doing it to make money. I'm just doing it to have fun. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I understand what you're saying there. I, I started out that way as well, and it's just uh, it's just been growing. So, what got you started? What made you think, hey, I want to start recording my cooks and putting them up on YouTube? Well, I you know I've I've always been a fan of YouTube, and what really started it was like uh, three years ago. My wife bought me uh, a smoker that was on sale at Sam's Club, and uh, you know, she knows I enjoy barbecue and stuff like that. And I'd never done that in my life, you know, uh, other than just doing basic hot dogs and hamburgers on like a kettle grill. So I started watching YouTube videos and a lot of them were very informative. You know, there's a lot of famous people out there that gives me, you know, inspiration. And uh, I didn't know what to do. And I wanted to do smoked salmon. That's what my wife said, please make smoked salmon. And uh, there weren't that many smoked salmon uh, videos out there for people wanting to smoke it. So uh, I I finally kind of took a basic recipe and just decided I was going to film it and uh, put it, upload it to YouTube because I thought, man, if I can't find one and if this comes out good, you know, maybe this will be a kind of cool thing to do. So I kind of just did it more of kind of uh, by accident. You know, I didn't really think about uh, pre-planned. It was kind of a spur of the moment moment thing. I I didn't have any equipment. I just took my phone. And I already had a tripod and I just kind of stuck it there and recorded it. And, you know, uh, that's still one of my uh, one of my best watched videos. You know, it's almost four years later. So uh, it's uh, it's really uh, motivated me and that people in the community, YouTube community, yourself included, and, you know, all the different groups online and uh, just a great group of people. And we all kind of have the same common thing. We like to enjoy each other's company, have fun, barbecue, um, do do uh, all this fun stuff. And if you can share it with people, 
and uh, support each other. It's just a, uh, it's just a great thing. So that one video kind of got you hooked on it. How many, how many views did you get in like the first week on that first smoked salmon video you did? Yeah. You know what? I, I, I don't, th I think it took probably six months before it really took off. You know, I'd post it on Facebook and of course I would email it to, you know, the relatives and friends and they'd all kind of go, Oh yeah, that's a really good video. And, uh, yeah, I don't know when it was. It was shortly after that, probably within three or four months, that I, uh, looking for inspiration on YouTube, I came across this very old sous vide video. It was like probably now, probably like eight years ago, and it was like a, it was a professional, you know, the company made it. I, I can't even remember what company it was, but they were cooking, you know, with the steaks in the in the vacuum sealed bags, and I was like, wow, this looks really cool, and uh, nobody really heard about it, and I ended up. Uh, buying one a pretty expensive one and experimenting and then when i saw how well it worked you know i just it got me motivated to keep making videos <laughs> you know and i always mix them in with the you know sometimes i just do one strictly barbecue and smoking sometimes i do just sous vide sometimes i mix the two i'm always experimenting just doing different things but having a lot of fun in the process so how soon after you started your youtube channel did you start with the sous vide was it a year later, or a few years later, or right? Yeah, no, I think it was probably around a year, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, you know, it was pretty, I think I was running out of ideas. I was kind of like, okay, you know, I've done the pulled pork, I smoked the chicken, I smoked, uh, you know, uh, tri-tips, you know, I smoked the turkey. I'm like, okay, you know, pork chops, and, you know, I was like, okay, what, what else can I do, you know? And I was just, I could only picture you know, maybe a dozen or more things I can do. And then I kind of saw those uh, sous vide videos and there were very few of them at the time. But if you searched for it on uh, online, you could find them. And uh, yeah, you know, I convinced my wife and she said, wow, that looks pretty cool. And I'm like, okay, because it was a lot of money. I think I spent uh, 400 bucks on that first Backmaster sous vide machine. They didn't have, uh, you know, under $100 units back then. <laughs> And I decided if I was going to make videos, I might as well get a good one. So I kind of did a little investment there and bought the container and everything and just, uh, yeah, started doing that. And then, you know, it kind of just dawned on me, wow, you know what, what have I mixed it to, you know, and that's, you know, that's how it kind of all started. <laughs> yeah. Back when I first um, started looking at sous vide, I played around on YouTube and, uh, besides Greg Mervich's couple of his videos that he was doing, uh, mixing sous vide and barbecue, yours, I, I had a couple of years pop up that I watched as well. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot back then, which kind of got me interested in doing it too. Um, so it was really watching you and Greg and a couple others just it wasn't like every other every video that you did it was just like every other one or once a month or something you'd throw one out there but it just intrigued me how uh it could be incorporated into barbecue as well so it uh that's kind of what got me started it wasn't it was me looking and seeing what was out there and trying to put it together in my own mind and then watching some of the other people like you and greg burvich and a couple others that had kind of put some videos out there already. So it, uh, to show that it did work. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, I just mainly started it because it was a completely, it was, uh, you know, untapped market. I don't think anyone back then, uh, at least I don't know of, I, should, I, I can't say for certain, but I certainly didn't see anybody promoting doing the sous vide with the barbecue. And, uh, you know, once I figured out that you can do it and you could cold smoke stuff and, you know, either before or after and, 
you know, just trying to experiment. And then all of a sudden it seemed to like blow up. And then all of a sudden sous vide, you know, was becoming a big thing. And then they're selling on Amazon and, uh, my, uh, uh my sister, uh, got one and, uh, uh, my niece got one and they're all like, wow, you know, just amazed. And, uh, you know, it's kind of spread real quick and I'm happy to see it because now it's becoming more of a household, you know, uh, thing that everyone's going to have. And it's, uh, it really is such an easy way to cook and such a great way to cook. But a lot of people, I mean, when I first mentioned it to them, you know, like I want to give one to my mom and she's like, oh, you know, a lot of people are really intimidated by it and you have to kind of try to convince them that it's actually not that intimidating. It's actually very easy. Yeah. And I think people can oversimplify just like with any cooking process or any kind of cooking utensil or uh, appliance, they can oversimplify it. You know, and I see this all the time. People, oh, sous vide, that's great for steaks, right? And well, like you said, now that the sous vide circulators and units themselves are, are priced to where people, everybody can afford one. People are buying them up and they're, they're experimenting. That's why, you know, when I started the Facebook group, I started that before the YouTube channel, you know, that's starting to grow, you know, exponentially. I mean, the first two months I had started it, it, it grew to almost a thousand members, but now I'm pushing 7,000 and it's growing. I'm, I'm gaining, 20 or so members a day. And then the YouTube channel is continually YouTube doesn't really, you can't pull from Facebook into YouTube and YouTube into Facebook. They don't really, they're two different people, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's really hard to get somebody on Facebook to go into your YouTube and subscribe. And then the YouTube people don't go into Facebook much. I, I know a bunch of even YouTube channels, people that uh, don't don't go to facebook for some reason but uh, yeah it's uh just it is it's a it's a new way to cook that people do can get intimidated but that's one of the reasons why i started my group and my channel is to show people that it's not as intimidating once they just learn the basics I, most of my cooks on my youtube channel are simple they're not complicated they're not chefy type things where uh, I see a lot of people in some of the other sous vide groups. They they got to make the stuff that you would see in a you know in a five star restaurant. They got all the plating down and everything. But I, most of my stuff is simple stuff people would cook normally every day. You know, and and you too. I mean, every once in a while I'll throw something in there that's fancy. But I see that you know a lot of the stuff that you cook, you're cooking for your family like me, and you're cooking simple stuff and showing people how simple and how easy sous vide can be. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the whole thing. And you know what? I'm not a gourmet chef. And I, I certainly like watching some of those videos, the high-end guys and the sauces and all that stuff. And that's all fine and dandy. But you know what? When you're a family man, you got kids running around, you got limited time, uh, you know, you don't have time. You know, you're lucky just to get it on film, you know. So I just try to incorporate different things in my videos that, you know, uh, since I am not a gourmet chef, people aren't going to come to me just because they want to say, oh, my God, I want to see the next uh, you know, dish he's making. I try to make it a little bit of fun so people kind of know who I am, my family is. I throw the peer review in, and now my kids are trying to get a little bit more involved. And, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people um, are, are like that, and so that's why I kind of try to keep it just a little bit different because I'm not a professional chef, and I, I always tell people, look, you know, I'm – one guy was criticizing me because I wasn't reviewing the beer good enough. And I'm like, look, I'm not a professional beer review either. I'm just telling people, hey, this is good. You might want to try this or not, you know. So, 
it's it's off all uh, good and all fun you know you can't take yourself too seriously but yeah introducing people to sous vide and how you know the best thing about sous vide in my opinion is the fact that you you know the hardest thing is seasoning it sealing it in the bag and then just sticking it in and then you know depending on what it is you're not set to a schedule oh my god you know we got to take it out of the oven at four o'clock exactly or else it's going to overcook you can go do your thing you can be entertaining having fun and, you know, hey, it's an hour and a half later than when you were supposed to take it out. And if it's a tri-tip or something, hey, you know, no problem whatsoever. It actually is probably going to be a little bit better <laughs> since you let it sit in there a little bit longer. But uh, once people realize they don't have to babysit their food as much and the hardest thing is just putting that sear on it. But to me, that's one of the most enjoyable things of cooking. If you know you can put a hot sear on it and you don't have to worry about overcooking it, then it becomes a little bit of an enjoyable exercise. And then soon after you're eating. So. It is as simple as it could be, in my opinion, for the results you get. So let's go back to your YouTube channel here for a little bit, because um, that's one of the things that endears me to your channel is that you get your family involved um, in the uh, the beverage review that your son does and your daughter and your wife, you know, with the taste testing and stuff like that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Because like I said, you're, you're cooking for your family, just like I do. Most of my videos, I'm cooking for my family. They don't like to be on the video, so it's hard for me to do that. But they're in the background waiting to eat. So, <laughs> so I kind of like you said, it kind of makes you rush to get your videos done. And maybe you don't have the you know best uh, video quality because of that. But but you know we're real people, and you, and when you have your family show up on your videos, people relate to that. Hey, this is a real guy. It's not some you know paid uh actor or something like that yeah i mean i have to i have to fill in the void because yeah you know i'm one man with one camera and a tripod uh you know i can't do the you know uh, rolling along side shot close up you know i don't have a lot of uh, time to spend you know professionally editing and different angles and music fading in and out. And I do the best I can. I think I do a pretty decent job, but uh, yeah, you know, you, I have to offer something to someone because there's a lot of videos like that, very professional done, very, you know, they make you want to watch them from the minute you turn it on. And uh, you know, when you're one guy, one camera, one tripod, you have to, and you're doing it, you know, surrounded by family in your real world environment, you have to offer, I think it's good to offer a little bit of that to people see, like on the inside, I think they, it makes them connect a little bit more. Like they feel like they know me and they know my family. And I get a lot of comments of people, oh, you know, your daughter's so cute and your son's a crack up. And, you know, they uh, subscribe and they actually are excited to see my next video because they want to kind of see that interaction again. And so, you know, that's what I'm doing and I'm having a fun time. And my family seems to be enjoying it for the most part. You know, there are times when uh, they're like, hey, you know, no, I don't want to be on. I don't feel good. I look horrible kind of stuff. And, you know, sometimes I can convince them, come on, just, you know, go comb your hair. Come on, <laughs> let's just get it done. Then we can eat, you know, uh, just like you said, they're sitting on the sideline. Going, can we eat? Can we eat? <laughs> Yeah. And uh, one of the things, you know, when I first started and even today with the YouTube channel, YouTube is only one one of the things that I have. I have the Facebook group, the page, you know, this podcast now, um, you know, YouTube is there. I'm, I'm using it. I'm growing the channel, but it's not my 100 percent focus. And a lot of times you get these people that comment like they're watching like a show on Netflix or something. They'd like to criticize you. Like you're being paid, you know, 
by them or something. There's some, you know, they're a paid subscription. And so they kind of dictate, try to dictate what you should do. Oh, you did this wrong or you're, you know, you should do it this way. And, you know, how do you get over those kind of comments? Because I know I get them all the time. So I know you have to get them too. Yeah, I do. And, you know, for the most part, I just kind of ignore them. I try to still you know, answer and respond to all the positive comments I get, or even people giving me constructive criticism. I don't mind that. But like you say, when they come in and, you know, have an attitude or they're condescending right from the get go, I just, you know, I think there's been a couple of them that were kind of across the line that I deleted. Uh, But for the most of them, I just let them sit there, you know, and just let other people read them. And, you know, I kind of find them almost humorous in a way, because you could tell they're just trolling and they're just, you know, for whatever reason, you know what? Uh, it's just, I guess, part of uh, part of the the business model. If you're going to be doing it, you're going to have people like that, you know. But you know, it doesn't bother me that much, you know. It's nothing that uh, it's going to ruin my day or outlook or my motivation for doing it. Oh yeah, I'm the same way. I, it doesn't really um, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. It's just I kind of laugh at them because some of them just they take themselves they take themselves way more serious then I really take myself on the YouTube channel. You know, I'll get people that say, oh, you're just copying Guga. And it's like, no, I'm doing something a little different than Guga. But Guga has, you know, this is what he does for a living now. He, you know, he spends, you know, all week and all day filming and editing and putting his videos together. And that's what he does for a living. So this isn't what I do for a living. This is just a hobby of mine. So I'm not going to have the the editing quality and the videography and the, all the lights and, you know, special filters. And like you said, you know, I'm not going to have three different cameras filming eight different ways, uh, you know, different sides of the cook and all that, you know, we just, people like me and you are just doing it as a hobby to uh, help, help people out. It's not like it's a business for us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, like I say, I like watching those guys, you know, the high-end YouTube guys that that, uh, make enough money to do it full-time and they can really, you know, hire a couple people to come in, multiple cameras, professional lighting, you know, sound systems, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm one guy and I, you know, I work and I have a family and I just, you know, I try to get one video out a week and I've been pretty consistent and I think the channel is growing a little bit because I did kind of make that commitment around six, seven months ago. Okay, you know what? I used to be in the beginning, yeah, you know what? Okay, uh, you know, maybe one, maybe two videos a month. I wasn't really focused. And now I'm like, okay, you know, I can do one video a week. You know, it's not that hard. And, uh, you know, but still one video a week can uh, take a lot of uh, hours to, to do from when you actually, you know, decide what you're going to do. You got to go to the store. You got to go buy it. Then you got to come home, you got to get everything ready, all the ingredients set up, you know, record it. And then, you know, after you're recording it and you've cleaned up and you've eaten, then, of course, comes the time of uploading it and editing it. And then, you know, the whole separate step of uploading it to YouTube, <laughs> filling in the descriptions. And, you know, it, it can be quite tedious after a while, you know, so uh, you, you, you can only do so much in a day, you know, when you got other stuff, family commitments and work commitments. But you know what? I really enjoy doing it. And when I do uh, <clears throat> get a, a video done that I know is good and I got the footage and I just know it's there and I've uploaded it to my computer, I'm just like, okay, you know what? I can rest, you know, especially if I do a couple videos a week and I'm a video or two ahead of schedule. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I've, I'm doing good now, you know, so I got that motivation now to kind of keep doing it at, at least once a week. And uh, 
I'm happy to see my channel slowly growing. It's it's uh, the revenue is in, uh, slowly increased and uh, the viewership's going up and I don't know what ex why exactly, but I'm happy and I'm glad I'm getting more subscribers because it's something I really enjoy to do. It makes me feel good, you know, it makes me feel like there's a purpose to it, you know, that I've uh, introduced people to this way of cooking and uh, we can all share our experiences and, and learn from it, you know, because like you say, there is no wrong or right way to do anything. I mean, there might be a way that you think, well, yeah, I think this is a little bit better way, better way to cook it, but I'm not going criti to criticize someone if they do it a little different. You know, because they might get superior results too. You know, you got to have an open mind. You can't just say, well, this is it. And, you know, uh, and with this way of cooking, there is no way set way. You know, there's a lot of different ways to achieve great results. Well, and it's not just, and I found, I've been cooking all my life pretty much. I started working in restaurants when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. And I, I worked first 12 years of my career, I was in the restaurant business. So, I've found out early on that personal preference on anything is a big thing. So whether you're making a hamburger or a steak or pulled pork, there's always room for personal preference. People like certain, you know, flavorings, certain seasonings, certain tenderness, certain doneness, and everybody has their own in there. So you can't, you know, that's one of the things I try to keep out of my group is that people say, well, you have to cook it exactly this way because that's how, you know, Aaron Franklin does it. Well, okay. I've tried it that way. And, but you know, I don't particularly care for that way. I, I like to do it my way. So, and um, so everybody's going to have their own way, but if you just give them a guideline, just like most of your sous vide, you know, guidelines, there's, there's guidelines, there's time and temp guidelines, there's a range, you know, you can, you know, from two hours to four hours, you know, uh, at 134 to 136, you know, it, it's then you kind of pick and choose what you like best. And I tell that to people all the time, try it multiple ways. And then that, then you can figure out what you like. You know, I can give you some ideas on what to try. And then, you know, but um, I'm not going to tell you, you have to do it this way. No, and, and again, that's the great thing about sous vide, and that I think I've, uh, I'm trying to portray that in my videos, and I, I've, uh, I, my last video for the bratwurst, I kind of made the story, hey, you know what, you're having a barbecue, and you're saying, hey, everyone come over, you know, maybe a football game or a baseball game's on the local team, and, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, and, you know, you're like, hey, you know what, I really don't want to be uh, slaving or doing a lot of stuff, and I was doing bratwurst, and I said, hey, you set the sous vide at this temperature, you do like individual packs, you know, maybe two bratwurst per pack, get, get individual packs of uh, onions and green peppers, and you just stick them all in there, you know, a big container, you got this water heated up, and then, hey, you know, people start coming over at 2, you know, 2.30, you got the gas grill going on, or, you know, charcoal grill, whatever, you pull a couple bags out, dry them off, throw them on, you know, some guy comes an hour and a half later, Hey, you know, you know, you don't want to give them a dried off, uh, dried up, uh, you know, cold bratwurst that you cooked, you know, an hour and a half ago. You just pull another bang out. And I was kind of trying to tell people and educate them going, look, you know, there's these guidelines, like you say, and it doesn't matter if you cooked it for an hour or two and a half or four. It's all going to be good. You just got to, you know, this is the great thing about sous vide. It really helps you if you if you plan your cooks around that concept, like having a, a get together. And you don't have to necessarily, you know, people aren't going to all show up at the exact same time. People are going to be eating at different times and that can stress you out, especially if you want to serve at a certain time. And then, you know, 
Uh, this way, you don't have to stress it. You throw it in there, you pull it out, you do it individually or in, or in pairs. Uh, and hey, you know what? Everyone's happy and everyone's eating a perfectly cooked meal. And, you know, they're going to be very impressed. Yeah. And one of the things I try to tell people is some people, especially on the barbecue side, get offended if you tell them, you know, that barbecue is not perfect in itself. <laughs> you know, like the, the way that they cook, I, I put mustard on my pork butt, then I put, you know, my seasoning on, then I wrap it at 160, and then I pull it at 202 exactly, and that's how I make it, and that's perfect. You know, and it's like, well, that's great. I do it that way sometimes as well, and sous vide doesn't replace that method. Sous vide doesn't replace any method as far as I'm concerned. It actually enhances it. And you can use it as a tool just like you would, you know, your microwave or your indoor oven or any other cooking appliance. You can use the sous vide method as to enhance your cooks, uh, but it doesn't have to replace anything. It's not, uh, you know, a barbecue versus sous vide, which some people tend to come at me like that every once in a while, you know you're boiling meat, you know, and it's like they're defending barbecue. And it's like, you don't understand. It doesn't replace barbecue. It, it, it can help it and enhance it. So, Yeah. And you know what? I like doing both. You know, all my videos are not <clears throat> sous vide specific. Uh, I have a lot of videos that are just sous vide. You know, I don't even get the barbecue involved, you know. And then there's others that I just do, you know, barbecue videos or smoking videos, whatever it might be. But you know what? I do like mixing the two because it uh, it, it kind of makes your creativity go up because you know now you're not going to have to necessarily worry about, you know, cooking it perfectly. There's a little more uh, skill set and stress level involved, you know, cooking solely through the smoker versus cooking sous vide because sous vide you know it's going to be at that temperature for whatever you set the time to. So you know the meat's going to be cooked exactly how you want it. So now you're left with, you know, how do you want to apply that smoke? Do you want to do a little before, a little after? You know, you can keep it cold. You can apply that moisture, those layers of smoke, and just, you know, it create something that's really not necessarily going to be better than someone that did it straight through the smoker, you know, uh, like you say, you know, they're different tastes or different ways, you know, and they're both great. So it's just nice to be able to experiment and try different things and then come out with something that's really good and, you know, be able to share that with people. Cause it, if, if people realize how easy it is to cook with it and, and, you know, realize the results you get, you know, that, that's what's really going to turn their minds really fast. And I think with some of the videos I do, I, that's why I, I hope I'm uh, portraying that. Yeah. And uh, a few of my videos when I first started out, especially I, I did, uh, you know, a barbecue versus a sous vide barbecue um, ribs or pork, pulled pork or what have you. And one of the things I tried to stress and emphasize, you know, emphasize, especially I had my son, you know, blind taste test it was that, there wasn't really a, a dead winner, you know, of which one is better. And people in their head try to get that, you know, which one is the absolute best. Well, I'm here to show you that neither one of them are going to be the absolute best. They're both good in their own right, you know. <laughs> so it's uh, it's not a contest of the very best, you know, way to cook something. You know, you can cook stuff multiple different ways and have it come out amazing. No, I just, you know, yeah, I did uh... – sous vide carnitas you know where it was like hey you know what uh you know smoked sous vide carnitas but i you know i smoked it first on my pit barrel got a really good bark on it you know uh 
and uh, yeah, seal it in a bag with some uh, Mexican spices and <clears throat> oranges and onions and you know something. I'm like, wow, well, I don't even know if this is gonna work, you know, because I like the smoked uh, smoked pork and I also like uh, carnitas, but I've never mixed the two, you know. And I mixed the two, and you know what? It, it was really, really good. And so I was like, hey, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that, but you know what? Yeah, you just have to be open to experiment and try different things. And you know what? You're not going to hit a home run every every time. But every time you cook something, you're going to be a little bit more knowledgeable. You're going to get a little bit more experience under your belt and know, you know, maybe next time to how to adjust your your methods to come out with a much better result. You know, that's the fun thing about cooking, too. You know, like I said, I'm not an expert chef, but, you know, and I think I'm pretty good and I pretty much wing it. I'm not the guy that's usually, you know following recipes to a T, you know, I'm just trying to kind of, you know, I'll always try to add my little tweak to it just based on my experience of what I like and what I think will work well. Exactly. That's, I'm the same way. I, I like to, I like to watch videos or recipes and think about how I can tweak it to make it, you know, better for my taste. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, I got Inkbird as the sponsor of the podcast. I'm going to let the, uh, let the air add air for them right now, but I will be back in just one second with Eric Mueller from Smoking Barbecue Tips and Recipes. Hey guys, I just want to take a minute to mention Inkbird Barbecue Products. They're the sponsor of our podcast today, and they have their Bluetooth 4 Probe Digital Barbecue Thermometer, the IBT4XS, is on sale on Amazon right now for 20% off gets it to $44. It has a 500 foot range with Bluetooth. It works with your iPhone, Android device. You can monitor your pit temperature plus up to three different foods. Works great. Lots of options. Check it out on Amazon in the description below. I've got a link to it. Check out Inkbird. They have other products out there as well. Thanks for Inkbird for sponsoring the podcast. And now back to our show. All right, we're back with Eric Mueller from Smoking Barbecue Tips and Recipes YouTube channel. All right, Eric, so we talked pretty good about sous vide and barbecue and your YouTube channel and all that. So I want to get down into some nitty-gritty stuff now on the second half. Let's talk about right. the different kinds of grills and smokers that you have had like to use. So what do you got on your porch right now? Oh, I don't really have that many. I have that first one <clears throat> my wife got me that kind of started my whole career, which is a, a cabinet uh, gas, propane gas smoker. It's a smoke hollow. Uh, it's a pretty big one. It's got, I think, five or six racks, and it's got dual burners on the bottom. And, you know, the max temp I can get on that is probably uh, right around 300 uh, but I mean, that's full blast and sometimes it doesn't hold that very long. It'll go down to around 270, but you know, it does a decent job, uh, especially if you're, you know, smoking something on the low end, you can get it down to around 175 degrees. So if you want to do fish or something like that, put it on the top rack, but you know, that has its limitations and I always wanted, you know, you know, if you're like barbecue, you like, you know, real fire, whether it's wood or charcoal and, you know, I ended up getting that pit barrel. I was debating between that and the Webby Smoker Smoky Mountain, and I decided to go with the pit barrel. And I'm glad I did because I've uh, I've always cooked pretty good. I never really had a complete fail on that. I mean, uh, everything I've cooked on has been pretty good. You know, it's got its 
you got to learn again, you know, experience, you know, you have to learn. It's not exactly a, you know, set it and forget it. Like they advertise it. You do, depending on what you're cooking and you know, what's going on, you can have certain issues, but uh, you know, overall it's very easy to cook with. So that was my second one. Then I got like a, just a kettle grill that I got. It's not even a Weber. It's a, a members marked, which is the Sam's club brand uh, kettle grill. That was around a hundred bucks around a year ago. I picked that up and that's pretty much my smoker utensil. Uh, what I've been doing lately is there's this, um, you probably heard of it, that master class and they got that Aaron Franklin. Uh, we, we got uh, access to all of it through my kids, through their school because they were watching a few of them. And I started watching this and I thought, hey, I'm going to watch his, uh, you know, his, uh, he does a whole series on smoking and barbecue, but his specialty of course is brisket. And so I was watching the first, you know, couple episodes and then he gets into like the third episode where it's like just, you know, how to start the fire, how to do this. Because he's got these big, you know, offset uh, huge smokers at his restaurant, you know, and I'm watching it, you know, and after 10 minutes, I'm just like, I'm, you know, looking at my wife. I go, well, I got to I got to get a smoker like this. I need, you know, I'm like, I can't watch this guy and try to absorb all his information, and not try it. You know what I mean? So I'm like Jones and they get like a a wood burning smoker of some sort, but you know, uh, my God, that's going to cost me quite a bit of money. So, but, uh, you know, uh, that's what I want to get next, something like that, or some kind of different smoker, you know, and I don't know, can you ever have enough smokers? <laughs> now I got a few of them, but I don't have an offset. I used to, I used to run an offset a while back and, um, they're kind of hard to, you know, it, that's what Aaron prefers to use, especially for his restaurant. And he builds his own, out of, you know, these big propane gas tanks and stuff, but, um, they're kind of hard to manage. You got to really keep, uh, you know, toss the, you know, the wood in at the right time and to keep that temperature going. It's yeah. But that, that's the part of the thing that kind of fascinates me. I mean, I know, you know, there's a lot easier ways to do everything, but yeah, you know, I actually watched the, um, video, the podcast of Malcolm Reed, and he has a podcast out where he watched that whole episode and he was uh, talking to his wife about it. And same thing, you know, he said, yeah, man, you know, I really respect the guy. The guy does this. But he was saying, I don't do it this way and I don't do it this way. And, and he doesn't even have, you know, he has his vents wide open and he does this. And I'm like, you know, and just like we're talking about, you know, here you got two guys that are on top of their game. And, you know, if they were using the same smoker, doing the same dish, they're they they got some pretty big differences between how they cook, you know, and it's like, that's, you know, again, you know, you have to have the flexibility and have that open mind to not always think that, you know, it's your way or the highway. There's so many, uh, that's the fun part about cooking is just experimenting and, and doing stuff. So I would like to just have one, you know, I, I might get sick of it and think it's too much work, but you know, uh, I just think it would be nice to try to play around with that a little bit you know, a little bit, it'll be a challenge, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you can get a, you can get a decent one and I don't know how it is in California, but me being in Florida, we don't get the whole end of season, you know, end of barbecue season deals. Like a lot of the country that gets cold does, you know, up North and stuff, they'll have, you know, at the end of the summer, a lot of the stores will blow out any remaining, you know, grills at a drastically reduced price. But I know we don't get that here in Florida. I don't know because you got the same kind of weather we do. You might not get the end of grilling season deals like some of the other. Yeah, no, the only kind of uh, 
dedicated barbecue places are like the really high end. These guys that are putting in these, you know, barbecue islands, you know, next to the jacuzzi, next to the, you know, uh, perfectly manicured, you know, palm tree uh, <laughs> backyard area. And so that stuff's like, no, nah, no, nah, I, you know, I, I, that's uh, too much for me. I just want to get the smoker. <laughs> yeah, you can get a decent, like a char griller offset smoker for a couple hundred bucks. A friend of mine, Mark, has one, and he, he uses it. He can do some mods to him to make him, uh, you know, heck, you know, Air, the ones Aaron Franklin uses, he makes himself out of propane tanks. So it's not like he's having somebody, you know, custom make fab, fabricate these things. He's he's welding pieces of metal to him himself that. You know, from a propane tank. So, yeah, and he's getting great results. So, yeah, you know, there's no one way or one, you know, thing that's going to be the end all cure all. Yeah. Know? And going back to what you were saying is having different people with different cooking styles and stuff putting out great product. You just go to a, you know, a barbecue competition and see that. I mean, I, I had Harry Sue on my uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago and, you know, he's the first one to tell you he he won competitions on a Weber Smoky Mountain for years, and then you got guys right next to him that are using you know a ten thousand dollar Jambo you know specially <laughs> you know made pit that are coming in fiftieth place. So it's not really about the equipment; it's about the cook. You know, no matter what, you know, a good cook can cook on anything, and that's one of the things he likes to tell everybody because he won. You know, you take it from a guy who won a lot of barbecue comp you know, competitions on a $200 Weber Smoky Mountain, you know, <laughs> so. Well, yeah, you have to be able to improvise. You have to be able to trust your yourself and, uh, you know, because sometimes even the simplest uh, cooks can, you know, things could go wrong or something doesn't seem right. And, you know, you got to be able to kind of be able to readjust maybe the seasonings for the sauce or do something, you know, to, you know, and as it, the more you run into situations like that, the, the more you're able to fine tune and, and you know, kind of wing it, as I say, you know, and be able to do a real decent jo job because your instincts and your experience are kind of coming through. Right. All right. So let's talk about, so since we kind of know what you have out there, what else would you like besides the uh, offset smoker? Have you ever looked at maybe thinking about a flat top griddle or? No, I've been actually, I do want to get a griddle. One of my favorite restaurants of, you know, we go every year for my uh, uh, birthday because we get a birthday coupon is going to Benihana, you know, the Japanese uh, hibachi where you sit down with the whole family and the chef comes and, you know, steak and the shrimp and the fried rice. And, uh, you know, I, I remember going as a kid, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, my mom would take me and uh, I always said, man, you know, one day I would love to have a a stove like this, like a, a flat top, you know, in my house, if I'm ever rich and successful, I'd love to get this, you know, and that's pretty much what those griddles are. So I've been looking uh, at that, uh, you know, that's another thing that's kind of on my horizon, uh, trying to get one. I don't know how much I would incorporate them in the videos because there's a lot of people that are really good there. And I don't have the, I don't think the coordination and the hand skills to be doing the flip. I'm no, uh, hibachi chef from benihana but i would certainly like to try to make some killer stuff on it and it, it's another thing that looks really fun to be cooking on and i think you can get again results that uh, aren't possible on any other way so um, for that alone it definitely wants me i definitely am interested in getting one like that that makes it easier i have a 22 inch blackstone that i picked up on uh, facebook marketplace for like 60 bucks and that's another thing you might want to just look at getting one that's you know this one was actually 
brand new. Somebody had bought it, got it as a gift, and was, didn't take it back in time, I guess, to be able to return it, and they just sold it <clears throat> straight up. So, yeah, I, I play around on that. And um, there's certain things you can do on it that it's harder to do in a frying pan on your you know stovetop. So, you know, and that are easier to do. I have a griddle on one of my Kamado grills, and which is okay, but... It's still, I have more room and I can control the temperature a lot better on that Blackstone. And I'm going to be getting a camp chef here, 36 inch, a bigger camp chef uh, flat top here soon. So I'll get to play around with that, but they're fun to play around with. And just like anything, you got different, you know, cooking, um, different grills, different cooking appliances, you know, for different types of things. So what else would you like to have? How about, have you ever talked about getting a pellet grill or looking at those? Uh, yeah, I've, uh, yeah, you know, I, I would like to, um, eventually get a pellet grill. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't been extra motivated. I, I seem to be more, I think the pet, pet pellet grill would be a more of a simplistic, easier thing. I'm sure there's, it requires skill as well, but to me, it doesn't really motivate me because I'd rather do something that's a, takes a little bit, uh, more of a skill set, a little bit more enjoyable to do. I don't like like kind of the, you know, which is weird because I like sous vide and that's kind of like kind of set it and forget it. You seal it and you, you know, but again, you have to experiment within that window and uh, and how to uh, make it your own. But yeah, I would like to get a pellet grill eventually. I would like to get one of these charcoal uh, gravity smoker things. I don't know if you ever seen them. They're like these big boxes and then you fill a side chute with uh, charcoal and the fire's on the bottom and it just like self-feeds it. So it kind of is like something you could set and like, you know, smoke once you get the temperature adjusted. But of course, these are like smokers that are in the, you know, two, three, four, five thousand $5,000 range. So maybe one day. <laughs> you know, and I've never really, besides having the Kamados, which people think those are an extravagance, but I've never been really looking to get, you know, a, a very super expensive grill. Um, like some of these pellet smokers that are three, $4,000, you know, I, I, I think a lot of that's overkill. I can, I can cook a lot. I, I like the camp chef that I have and I, it's like you said, it's simplicity. It's, it's like when I come home from work and I'm, I'm not in the mood to get the fire going on the, on the uh, Kamado, you know, light the charcoal and get the wood, you know, the wood in there for the smoke and all that. I can just turn that pellet grill on walk away, prep the food and then throw it on there. But it also helps me with my videos to show people that, Hey, if you have a pellet grill, here's how you can incorporate the sous vide with the pellet grill as well. So that's why one of the reasons I like having the different grills, it's not just for me personally cooking, but it's also to show people the different things you can do with those different types of grills. If they happen to have one or showing them what, you know, what makes that particular grill or, or cooking apparatus, you know, special or what it can do. Yeah. And I, I definitely think there's a big market. You should try to do more videos just with the pellet grill. Cause I think there's a big market for that. I think a lot of guys maybe who don't want to necessarily invest the time and energy to learn how to, you know, smoke and cook or whatever, you know, that, that the pellet grill is a kind of great alternative because you can, you know, set it like a stove, load the hopper up, you know, and, uh, you know, still get pretty good results as long as, you know, uh, you know, pay attention to what's going on, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, I definitely think there's a market. I think there's a lot of people that want to, you know, 
on the, be the weekend barbecue guy, but don't want to invest too much time and energy and a pellet grill for them is a perfect choice. So I understand that, you know, and I, like I said, I wouldn't mind necessarily getting one either. I would like, wouldn't mind getting one of those Kamado uh, type grills either. You know, there's so much stuff out there and there's, you know, yeah, the patio is only so big, but <laughs> well, yeah, you know, in a perfect world, I would love to experiment, you know, if, if you know, with any of that stuff, you know, and, and like you said, it's not like one thing's superior over the other. <clears throat> it's just sometimes it's nice to say, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'll sous vide at this temperature. Well, how do I want to finish it off? Do I want to put it on the kettle? Do I want to smoke it a little bit, you know, longer at a lower temperature? Do I want to do it, you know, hot and fast? And, you know, if you have a different variety of uh, barbecues and smokers, you know, it's nice to have that uh, ability to change things or, or change things up a little bit, you know? Well, my friend, John Setzler, who was just on um, last week on the podcast, I've known him for a few years and he's big into the Kamado cooking, but he also started, you know, spreading out, uh, had a pellet grill for a couple of years now, but he's also got a big alpha wood fired pizza oven. And one of the things he just got was a Napoleon, a big Napoleon gas grill um, that he's, you know, kind of said that there, you know, there's not a lot of YouTube channels with guys using gas grills, believe it or not. A lot of the barbecue and outdoor cooking channels focus on charcoal one way or the other, whether it's a Weber kettle or a offset or Kamados or, so he's going to try to tap into that type of market and just because, you know, there, there's, you know, a market for all kinds of grills and believe it or not, people buy grass gas grills all the time and use them. So no, there is, but yeah, you know, I, I, that was what I was cooking on from day one, you know, cause gas grills are pretty easy. You know, you just turn them on, you, you know, it's nice to be able to have the dial and adjust the flame and, you know, uh, if you're doing something basic, it's very easy. Burgers or dogs or even steaks, you know, no problem. But, uh, you know, you, if you're doing something like a brisket or ribs or I think you get a much better result if you're using some other type, whether it's over charcoal or whether you're maybe uh, be able to apply a little bit more heavy dose of uh, smoke on it than you can using a gas grill kind of thing, you know. But yeah, I know those are very popular because everyone can just have those on their patio. They live in an apartment or something and you just, yeah, the, like you say, the convenience, you come home, you're tired, you just flick the switch, you push the igniter button, you know, you let it heat up for a few minutes, throw your steak on or chicken breast or whatever. Super simplistic, super easy, you know, but that's what I'm trying to show with those sous vide videos. You know, you could do the same thing. You know, you pre-cook the stuff. Yeah, have it in the uh, freezer. Maybe you take out in the morning when you come home. It's been sitting in the fridge, and then you just dry it off and throw it on the grill. Hey, you know, that's simplistic, too, <laughs> and quicker. Exactly. All right, so let's talk about some of the cooks and chefs and YouTube channels and stuff that you admire or that you follow or that you followed before that you still do or that you stay in touch with. Oh, well, boy. You know, my, the first cook I think I ever saw was uh, Julia Child back on, you know, TV when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, she was kind of fascinating because she always looked like she was in charge and knew what she was doing. And the accent was kind of different and weird. She'd always be making something a little bit strange, like duck or something that, you know, I was like, oh, look at that. You know, she's making the gravy. And then, you know, the people, YouTube channels, you know, uh, Malcolm Reed. I always like his stuff. Uh 
You know, it's kind of nice seeing him because he was kind of, you know, way back when, you know, he was still very successful, but, you know, he was just kind of similar to me, you know, doing it in his kitchen, you know, one camera, one tripod, you know, and uh, he had a few more smokers and grills, but he always did really good. And, you know, he built up his following. I really like him and I like to see him still being very, very successful. Uh, there's so many now in the YouTube community, and I don't know if I just didn't notice it when I first got into it or if it just kind of grew right beside me and I wasn't really paying attention. But, like, you know that, you know, with the uh, the, the YouTube cooking community, there are so many, you know, there's so many people out there, and everyone's so friendly and nice, and you meet people, you watch their videos, and you're like, wow, and then you go look, and they're like, you know, 728 subscribers. And you go, What? wow, this person should be way more. And then you see someone, you know, that's got a lot. And, you know, maybe you're thinking maybe they're not quite as uh, good as the next, as the other guy. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, everyone is just so great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to, I don't like singling, you know, I like um, Smoky Ribs, Russ. Uh, he does great videos. Uh, of course, uh, T-Roy, you know, these are the, the guys that back in the day when I first got my smoker, they these were the videos I were I was watching to learn recipes and and learn how to you know attempt it for the first time. So, uh, but there are so many people out there that are uh, you know as they go along, their videos are getting better. It seems like we all started the same way with our cell phones and just a desire to share our you know videos and share our cooking styles. And uh, it's great, you know. There doesn't seem to be a lot of um, jealousy or, you know, a negative energy around any of us. Like, Oh, that guy's got more subscribers. And, you know, I mean, everyone just seems to be a great group of people. And I love seeing different, uh, you know, live broadcasts where people are all, uh, maybe in a meetup and it just seems like a really cool thing. And I, you know, I hope to see it just continue to grow and I hope the whole community just starts getting better and we all become successful for it you know it would be great yeah i think the ones that are really into it to help people and love what they're doing they're the ones that are in help helping people you know, like you said like russ jones and t roy and greg mervich they've all helped me when i first started you know i, I was watching them and i just kind of reached out to them and said hey you know i've just started could you give me a shout out and they're like oh heck yeah you know and they watch my video and go, man we like what you're doing you know and I've met Greg. I, I flew out. I was out for San Diego for work a couple like months ago, and I, I called up Greg and said, "Hey, you know, I'm in town. Let's go have dinner." And he said, "Yeah, let's go." You know, and uh, T. Roy's helped me out a lot. Uh, Russ Jones has helped me out. John Setzler's has helped me out. So a lot of those guys are really, really helpful and want other YouTubers to succeed. And they that's they're really deep down nice guys. So, and, and no, they're very nice. And I watched a lot of, uh, Greg's videos too. When, uh, you know, he got a pit barrel way back when, <clears throat> and was cooking a lot of stuff on it. And, uh, yeah, he had a, a lot of the early, uh, sous vide stuff too, before anyone else was doing into it. So yeah, there's a lot of great people out there. Uh, and like I said, like you said, you know, they're just, uh, uh, no one seems to be kind of uh, too proud of themselves or too stuck up or too, oh, you know, uh, you know, even, you know, they, they they support each other. They watch videos. You know, they're not going to um, criticize you. They might give you some helpful hints or they might say, hey, you know, what? 
you might try doing it this way. This might be better, you know, uh, rather than, you know, kind of trolling or giving some kind of um, nasty criticism. And so, you know, that's what I love about it. I really haven't experienced any negativity from the community itself. You know, but like you said, there's different motivations. I'm not doing this to uh, launch a new career. You know, I like to do it in the fun if, uh, you know, uh, for fun and relaxation. I like to share what I learn and I like to hear people that watch my videos feedback and to interact with the community, whether it's on the Facebook group or on, on the YouTube comments themselves or Instagram. You know, it's just a great community and it feels it feels like I'm more connected with people and having fun. And that's what it's all about. You know, if I can make a little money on the side as I get closer and closer to retirement, hey, that's like a that's like a double bonus, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of me too. If it's, it could be like a little side hustle when I'm ready to retire, it's great. So I don't have to be the greeter at Walmart, you know? <laughs> well, no, exactly. Um, I'm going uh, next month to Vegas for a few days and the trip's going to be completely funded for my YouTube uh, earnings. I, you know, I just let it sit there uh, and in the AdSense account and just, you know, keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I'm like, okay, you know, boom, you know, once I'm over a thousand bucks, let's just go uh, have some fun. And Hey, you know what? I'm getting paid to do what I absolutely love to do. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm not a professional, I'm not out there and, you know, I get a lot of negative criticism, but I just say, whatever. I have a lot of loyal fans too, and people enjoy what I'm doing and like uh, the way I do it. And you know what? I'm always just trying to improve, make my videos a little bit better and a little bit more enjoyable, you know, and just, you know, have fun. I want people to watch them, not because, like I said, they're looking for the next great recipe, just because they want to feel like they're a part of the community and having fun and and they know a little bit about me and my family and they enjoy having that connection, you know, once a week. <laughs> exactly. All right. So it's about time for us to wrap this up, but I want to talk about one of the things that we were kind of touching on there a little bit is where do you get your creative, uh, your creative inspiration from what, where do you get your ideas for your recipes and all that? Well, you know, I watch, uh, a lot of other YouTube cooks and creators and I've done a couple other people's videos and I always give them credit and leave a link to their video. Uh, you know, I look just for recipes by themselves, not necessarily, uh, videos. Um, yeah, you know, the longer it goes, goes, things go on, it gets a little bit more difficult because you get set in a certain way of how you like to cook uh, pork buck or ribs or, you know, whatever it might be. So I'm always trying to see, okay, well, you know, I know I could cook it awesome this way, but maybe I should try to mix it up, whether it's a different seasonings, whether it's, you know, whatever it might be. So sometimes it's hard uh, to get that creative streak going, but, uh, yeah, I just like watching other people's videos, uh, looking at recipes, and then sometimes just trying to brainstorm a little bit and come up with some ideas, you know, different ways to do things, something that you've already done a hundred times before, but you're thinking, well, you know, how can I change it up a little bit and, and do something? And that, that can be challenging because, you know, the longer you do this, the harder it gets to keep that creative streak, uh, you know, going and to figure out ways to introduce things that are different, you know, and, you know, you're not always going to be successful when you try, but you know, that's the fun part of cooking. You got to take the chances. You got to try to do things. And so I, I do try to keep that creative streak alive. It's always nice when you can just go by to the old standby recipe and you know, you're going to nail it every time, but 
you also got to kind of always keep that streak alive in your mind by just trying something different, you know? Exactly. Well, next year, the International Sous Vide Summit is going to be in San Francisco. So maybe you can uh, head up there and meet me out there. I'm Hopefully, I'm going to be out there as a speaker next year. They invited me out there uh, to do the one this year, but I wasn't able to make it. But um, I plan on going out there. It's in August of next year. So uh, maybe you can uh, head up to uh, San Francisco and I'll get to meet you in person up there. Yeah, that's a day. That's uh, yeah, not too far of a drive. Okay. Uh, afternoon drive, but yeah, that certainly would be All fun. Right. Well, we'll look forward to it. I'll see if I can maybe even get you a hookup to get you in. So, um, but yeah, I want to thank you for being on and I appreciate you, um, you know, taking your time to be on the podcast. And I really, uh, like I said, I, some of your videos were the first ones that inspired me to start my channel and to start the whole fire and water cooking concept. So I want to thank you for, you start in your channel because you helped inspire me to get going and probably a lot of other people like me. So. Yeah. And I, yeah, Darren, I, I mean this, you know, I, I really appreciate what you're doing and you're really, you know, taking it to the next level as far as, you know, the sous vide and the barbecue stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, it's been great interacting with you. Like I said, in the beginning, I feel like we're old friends, even though we've never met just because we have uh, um, communicated with each other from, uh, from the beginning and it's, it seems like we've kind of both experimented, ex, ex, I guess, um, discovered this way of cooking, sous vide and barbecuing around the same time. And uh, you're continuing to share that with people. And it, I think it's really taking off, you know, seeing the, the different posts on your Facebook group and, you know, how people are interacting and posting photos and people are like, oh, you know, it's just great. You know, like I said, that's what it's all about, to have that uh, it makes you really feel good that it's not just a waste of time because it is work, you know, when you have to sit and record stuff and edit it, like I said. And you know what? It makes it all worthwhile when you have people that you can see uh, are really enjoying what you do and really enjoying the information you're sharing and you're making great friends along the way. It's a complete win-win. Exactly. Well, thanks again. And make sure everybody you check out Eric's YouTube channel. It's Smoking, S-M-O apostrophe King barbecue bbq tips and recipes and i'll leave a link in the description of the podcast below but check out his videos he's got a ton of them he's got a ton of sous vide and barbecue ones as well and um check check him out on facebook he's got a facebook page as well so check him out eric thanks again all right thanks you thank you darren it's been great talking to you all righty i i wish you a continued success in the future and hopefully next year uh We'll meet up in San Francisco. All right. Thanks again, Eric. And thank you, everybody, for following us on the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Well, thanks again for joining us on the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast, guys. Make sure you check out Eric Mueller's Smoking Barbecue Tips and Recipes YouTube channel link below. Also, make sure you check out Inkbird in the link below as well, our sponsor. Make sure you go ahead and like and subscribe to this uh, podcast. Make sure you rate us at a five-star also, make sure you check out the Fire and Water Cooking YouTube channel and also Fire and Water Cooking on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'll see you again on the next podcast. Thanks again.